Hi, welcome back to Beer with Jesus with Denise and Rob, and we have two special guests today, um, Pastor Jason and his beautiful wife, Teresa. Thanks for joining us. The Sermonator. <laughs> so glad to be here with you all. And we also got Rufus barking in the background. Yeah, sorry about that. Oh, what are you having tonight, Lucy? Oh, uh, Wellbeing Brewery. It's another NA, and it's called the Victory Wheat. The Sermonator and I are sharing a beer tonight. <clears throat> it's from Heart State Brewing. It's called Nebuchadnezzar. It's an imperial stout. It's bold and brutal of the biblical proportions. <laughs> it's a gift from the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. <laughs> it's quite nice, too, I must say. It's just, this is a tasty stout. But one's enough. <laughs> so this episode we brought Pastor Jason and his wife in here to talk about Juneteenth and we were talking earlier this week that how our schools I went to Springfield North he went to Springfield South but neither of them taught Juneteenth I, I have, was clueless on Juneteenth until a couple years ago when they said we're getting a new federal holiday and, you know, that for us, that's a paid day off. So uh -huh. so I wanted to learn what Juneteenth was. And so I actually went to this the National, I think it's the National Museum there. Mm -hmm. The Smithsonian has an African-American museum. Yes. So this is their actual website. So I'm going to try to. You know, you have your Emancipation Proclamation. I think we all knew about that, but not everybody was free. I'm going to try to paraphrase this for the sake of time. So, in Texas, there was, in the western part of Texas, it was, it was still Confederate. And the enslaved people would not be free until much later than the, the other ones in 1863. So, freedom finally came on June 19, 1865. With some 2,000 Union troops arriving in Galveston Bay, Texas, the Army pronounced that more than 250,000 enslaved black people in the state were free from executive decree. This day came to be known as Juneteenth by the newly freed people in Texas. And if you want this website to look it up for yourself and get the whole article, it's nmaahc.si.edu. So, yeah. Little history lesson there on that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Good stuff. So I want to start tonight with our first verse. I think I I like, and then kind of let you share your your, your whole story about the church and stuff like that, and mm -hmm. let everyone know. And by the way, he's the senior pastor at Champion City Church in Springfield, Ohio. <laughs> so we're going to Matthew twenty eight sixteen through twenty. And this is the Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus has told them to go. When they saw them, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And to me, this is perfect for this because Jesus commanded all nations, not one particular, 
not one race, not four religions. Jesus, to me, was the original reconciliator. Yes. It's it, he wasn't discriminating. It's everybody. So so good. Yeah, that's powerful. I mean, it's not. Uh, they often refer to this as the Great Commission. Um, and it wouldn't be that great of a commission if it just stopped with, you know, one people group or, you know, one, uh, you know, one ethnicity or, you know, culture or nation. But the fact that it says, you know, go to all nations, um, it speaks to his, his greatness, the greatness of his commission. Um, so, yeah, there was no discrimination uh, within Jesus Christ at all and in his commandment, you know, to disciples were to go and baptize everyone. Um, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, you know, that's what unifies us and makes us one. Yeah. Yes, sir. So so how about you tell them how um, you and Bruce and all this and got, got the church started. Cause sure. That was one of the, when we came to the church about a year ago, um, from our sister Stacy inviting us out. And you were actually preaching that that Sunday mm -hmm. and we left there it's like this this is this is the church this is it and, you know it felt like home it felt like family to us and he, to this day you know I've got a good friend out of the deal I've taught you how to fish yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes the right way <laughs> oh man yeah so um just uh I grew up um here in, in Springfield um Ohio you know born and raised over on the south side of town on uh, South uh, Yellow Spring Street and uh, you know went to all of the schools there on uh, the south side of town, Fulton Elementary, um, Clark Middle School which is sort of southeast and then ended up at uh, Springfield South High where I graduated in um, 92 um, and uh, grew up going to uh, so you know most most of my schools you know there were there were mixed populations but I would say you know predominantly African American uh, group grew up going to a uh, African American church um, born and raised within the church and what they considered a, a pew baby <laughs> you know mother and father met within the church and and had me so uh, that was my uh, my background uh, as far as church uh, um, and then coming up. Uh, through uh, the years and feeling a call to ministry um, and, and begin to study the word uh, a little more um, and then also be exposed to um, uh, other you know, ministries uh, I just had this heart for um, that that scene uh, in, in Revelations where it talks about you know um, you know this great multitude of, of you know all nations tribes and, and tongues around the throne of God worshiping him and uh, and just wondering you know why we're not seeing that here on earth um, and I remember going to a, a convention uh, where it was an organization called um, so I grew up uh, the organization that I was part of was called Pentecostal Assemblies of the World again predominantly, uh, predominantly African-American uh, church uh, church organization um, and then I went to a uh, convention for another church organization called uh, UPC United Pentecostal Churches and they happen to be a predominantly um, white church organization but found out how, how there was you know uh, a split off between the two groups you know they're both you know Pentecostal apostolic um, in origin, but then somehow, you know, they, somehow split. they split, you know, um, along these racial lines. Uh, so that broke my heart even more. 
um, and you know just and and put in this put within me this desire to see the church unified um, and you know as I came up in leadership within the organization uh, you know I was inviting a, a, a white pastor um, you know shout out to Pastor Joel Urshan in Cincinnati Ohio that had to come and speak you know at several of my meetings there um, again just trying to bring about this this unification and so upon um, getting the vision for the church that uh, my wife and Teresa and I founded uh, United Faith Church um, it was based out of Ephesians 4.13 where it talks about you know us all coming into the unity of the faith um, and, uh, and that's where I came up with the name Uniting Faith and uh, the goal from the get from the gate was to have this this multicultural church you know and cross the, uh, r the racial lines uh, but you know per the nature of the beast you know, be, uh, me being an African-American man, I began to draw other African-American congregants, you know, uh, to our church um, uh, until I met Bruce. Uh, Bruce and I met through uh, uh, Jeff Pinkleton and, and the gathering, his men's group. We were in the locker room together uh, for pastors of smaller churches. Bruce and I hit it off, developed a relationship with the fellowship with him uh, New Year's Eve of 2014. Um, you know, long story short, uh, uh, that June of 2015, he went to a vineyard convention, heard a sermon called uh, How to Build a House Without Walls that was being preached by Dr. Charles Montgomery, uh, who had left a predominantly black church organization to join the vineyard um, and uh, come on staff with uh, Rich uh, Nathan uh, there at the Columbus Vineyard. And uh, he became one of the campus pastors for him. And he was preaching a sermon called How to Build a House Without Walls. And he was talking about, you know, um, just what we need to do in order to break these these this racial barrier um, and and uh, you know and bring unity within the body of Christ. Um, Reference a lot of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s quotes and how you know Dr. King said it. You know it's it's you know uh, you know a tragedy or sad that the 11 o'clock hour on Sunday morning is the most segregated segregated hour in America. Um, yeah, and so uh, and and that just you know hit home to Bruce. Um, and upon hearing a sermon, he felt led to share it with me, and you know, asked me, you know, uh, to listen to the sermon and let him know what I thought about it. And as I'm listening to the sermon, I'm crying, uh, you know, this feeling conviction. Yeah, yeah, feeling conviction. And, I, and all, all I kept saying while I'm watching the video was this, "Yes, Lord, yes, Lord." Not even knowing what I was saying yes to, um, until we were able to meet, you know, a couple months uh, uh, later, and uh, he asked what uh, I would think about our churches merging. Um, and me becoming one of the pastors there at uh, Champion City Vineyard at the time. Um, and then, you know, so we merged churches, um, gained this, uh, this joint leadership venture. Um, uh, eventually, uh, you know, kind of uh, part of ways from the vineyard became Champion City Church. And, uh, you know, uh, again, it's shared leadership model until um, this uh, past, you know, January through March, which you all were part of and witnessed to, where Bruce and Amy decided to. Uh, to uh, transition into a more of an apostolic leadership and and uh, had the church vote on me becoming the, the lead or senior pastor here at Champion City Church. And so, yeah, here we are, just still trying to figure this thing out, you know, as we, you know, uh, come together and and, um, and learn uh, um, of each other and from one another. And, um, but I believe this is definitely the heart of God, you know, which I think one of the scriptures you're going to reference uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, Verses, verse 11 through 22 just it really talks about um, what Jesus did, you know, in mm -hmm. regards to breaking down that dividing wall of hostility, you know, for us to become one. See, it, what made this church important to me, it's just 
my background is myself, you know, I went to Springfield North, but the neighborhood I grew up in was mixed. You know, I grew mm -hmm. up over down on Cecil Street, and, you mm -hmm. know, there was kind of a dividing line, you know, but still everyone mingled and went up to McGuffey Field, which is all houses now. We played sports together. North was kind of mixed, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was always used to it. So I, I never saw color. And then I went to the Air Force. So, I mean, you're standing next. You, this person could be, you know, could save your life one day. So, you know, we right. all bonded. It was, right. we didn't really, I mean, of course, like everywhere, there's going to be some bickering and hatred. And, you know, you would see the little groups. They always seem to draw together. But when they came to work, no one cared what color you are. We went and we worked and, and shoot, uh, I had a friend named Jermaine and it came, was, was, was stationed with him in South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And then he got stationed in Korea with me and he had some, um, of course I drank a lot back then. It was E and J, I think it's brandy or something. I don't know. He goes, <laughs> yeah. come on, you want to drink some easy Jesus with me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I had friends of, of all ethnicities and stuff so it yeah i mean when we came to church that's one of the things that would touch me the most and one i wanted to be a part of so yeah, yeah i grew up in the south and i went to what was considered the black church my whole family went mm -hmm. there was white people there too but when i moved up here and started looking for a church it wasn't as acceptable for a white person to go to a black church gotcha. mm -hmm. and i was from the south you think it would be worse there but mm -hmm. it wasn't right. and I walked in and I mean I and we started like 10 o'clock in the morning 3 o'clock in the afternoon we were still there so yeah. it was an all day <laughs> uh -huh. I was like okay can we can we wrap this up <laughs> but up here uh, I think Greater Grace was the first one that I tried Okay. Mm -hmm. and it was just I, I didn't feel comfortable it wasn't because I, don't, I, I just didn't feel accepted Okay. Because I was white. Mm. See, I had the opposite experience in South Carolina. One of my co-workers, he said, hey, you want to come to church with me? I said, yeah, I'll come to church with you. You know, black guy. And I didn't I didn't know what church he went to. It was like a shopping center. And I was the only white guy in there. And I was welcomed with open arms in there. It was pretty... I, I seen all kinds of different churches in South Carolina when I was there. Yeah. That's when I first heard speaking in tongues and thought they were speaking in Spanish. <laughs> but, uh -huh. you know, that, that was an experience. Yeah. I like yeah. our church because it's not just a black and white. And we have other races there. And we can learn so much from each other. Definitely. I mean, yes. just just the background that everybody has. I mean, not just by their race, but the different worth places that we work, different hobbies that we do. Right. We can't, I mean, man, you got a problem with that? Hey, I happen to be, the, you know, an electrician. I can come right over, you know. Right, right. Everybody helps everybody. Yeah. And that's what I think heaven's going to be like. Definitely, definitely. And even the different religious backgrounds that everybody comes from. Mm -hmm. Like you have some who come from a Lutheran background or a Baptist background, or we have some people who who had a Catholic upbringing mm -hmm. and we all figure out how to worship together. I think that's pretty neat. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a good transition to go to our next set of verses here. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I'm going to be reading Galatians 3, 23 to 29 and Galatians 4, 1 through 7. They kind of just You took merged. one of mine. How uh, <laughs> <laughs> dare you? Up in. You probably broke it down, too. You know, brat. I did. I did. 
I came prepared. <laughs> Stole my notes. <laughs> you pray better than me. <laughs> Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all, let me stress, all children of God through Everybody. faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile. That's what I thought was important because of the difference in that. Yes. Neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What I'm saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So, also, when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time has fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive an adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. <clears throat> So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Yes. And, you know, we are all children of God. And God does not discriminate who receives the Holy Spirit when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And that's That was my big take from that, mm -hmm. that little passage. There's no discrimination in the Spirit. Right, right. I was reading the bottom notes on our the bible that we have mm -hmm. it actually stated that jewish men started each day and prayed and thank god that they they weren't a gentile they weren't a woman right and it's mm -hmm. like right. wow yeah man, i thank god that i am a woman. <laughs> 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 you know? but it it was considered bad right and yeah for those that don't know gentile is a non-jew but because i don't know there might be somebody listening going, what's a gentile <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it was amazing. I I had read that as well. You know, to where Jewish men would wake up, you know, and then, you know, and then their you know morning prayers would would you know, actually thank God that they weren't you know a, a Gentile or a, a non-Jew uh, or you know a, a woman, you know, because of just the the separation and, and the hierarchy that they had put in place themselves. You know, um, you know above women and above those who who were non-Jewish and. Um, but yeah, um, thankful for Jesus Christ who came and, you know, uh, revealed God's uh, true heart for humanity, um, and that we all be one. You know, we're all one in, in Christ Jesus. That's amazing. They thought they were the holiest people, but in a sense, that that's a form of racism. I mean, we, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad I'm not a woman. I'm glad <laughs> I'm not a slave. I'm glad I'm, you know. It just reminds me of that story, you know, um, when Jesus, James, and John were walking, and they, the Samaritans and stuff, and they were having a little bickering, and they want to rain fire and brimstone on them and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like, man, there's a real hatred there. It's like, he's like, just chill, just chill. <laughs> right. You know, we got to come together. You know, they, you know, now and then at the Great Commission, it's like, yeah, you know, it's time to save everybody. Right. Yeah. We transform the emotion of hate to love. And then use that energy. 
I mean, mm-hmm. not, you're unstoppable. Right, yeah. yeah. I always say love is the greatest power uh, within the world. Um, it really, truly does conquer all. But it's not out there right now. It's, <laughs> it's, it's rough. Mm-hmm. We've had two people that I know just in one week commit suicide. Wow. And it, it's, how, hmm. it hurts knowing they, they don't know love. Right. Or they didn't. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, they didn't feel love. And that's one of the or conversations worried. we've had, you know, we've been having amongst our, our senior leadership um, and just some of the influences that, that uh, uh, we've come upon over these, you know, past, past year or so. Um, and teachings um, and that's on the beloved identity um, and you know yeah. if we truly understand you know just the love that God has for us um, it, it it will change everything you know change you know our perspective on life and also um, even give us a greater witness um, to um, those that are out there in the world you know let them know let them know that they are you know too you know uh, children of God you know that they're loved they're you know yeah mm-hmm and they're worthy of it for so many don't yes. feel that they are yes I've, I've done this pastor you don't understand you know you don't understand where I come from mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've heard that from a drug dealer I tried to witness to right. like, God loves you even though you do that yes yes <laughs> mm-hmm. well, we can move on to you want to move on to Ephesians 2 sure oh, okay well I read that but I didn't use it well, you can listen. Yeah. <laughs> this is Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. And it goes like this. Therefore, and I always remember when I heard preachers, when you see a therefore, what's it there for? <laughs> <laughs> remember that formerly you, you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands, Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. See, I like that. Yes. By setting aside in his flesh the law with, with its commands and regulation, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Yes. Mm -hmm. To me, Jesus is our cornerstone. And he making us um, all free, not doesn't matter, all free, and build the. Ch- we should build the church together, like you you've been doing at Champion City Church. Amen. Yeah, um, I love in verse fourteen. Um, I'm uh, reading from 
the Passion Translation, it says, Our reconciling peace is Jesus. And he has made Jew and non-Jew one in Christ by dying as our sacrifice. He has broken down every wall of prejudice that separated us and has made us and has now made us equal through our union with Christ. So yeah, and then it goes on in 15, it says, ethnic, ethnic hatred has been dissolved by the crucifixion of his precious body on the cross. Um, love that, you know. Yeah, just, that's good. Oh uh, man, you know, just, and you think about just the magnitude of, of God's love for us and sacrificing his, his own son, you know. Um, uh, man, you know, just, and, and how, you know, and, and what the purpose of it was for, you know, you know, not just, you know, for us to die and go to heaven, but he wanted to create and establish a kingdom here on mm -hmm. earth, you know, uh, through his death, you know, uh, as well, and just his, the, the revelation of his love for us through Jesus Christ, and, um, and so, yeah, and, um, so, yeah, in him, you know, we find our peace, and, and, you know, he wants us to be unified to become one, you know, breaking down all those barriers that are between us that we put, that he, that we put between us you know christ says no you know it's, <laughs> it's we're all one in christ yes yes we're all one mm -hmm. in christ we become one the two have become one as it says in six in and verse 16. so you know just yeah so i just challenge people to think about that what does that mean you know for the two to become one man <laughs> when i was thinking about it i was thinking of the father the son and the holy spirit they're three separate but they're one. Yes. And that kind of reminds me of all the different nationalities we have. Right. We're all separate, mm -hmm. but we're one. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah we're one. Same. Uh, that's how it helped me understand it all. But. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's so good. So what book did you bring today? Um, yeah, so I, uh, you know, brought this book that I, you know, just wanted to recommend, um, you know, to, you know, any, any listener out there, um, you know, when it comes to going after racial reconciliation, um, uh, it's by a, uh, <coughs> African-American theologian by the name of Howard Thurman, and it's called Jesus and the Disinherited. Um, and he, you know, he talks about Jesus and his identity, um, as, uh, a disenfranchised um, uh, person or, you know, disinherited, um, you know, the, uh, coming from a minority group. You know, it's funny that, you know, it was talking about how, you know, um, uh, there was a, a tradition, you know, Jewish men, you know, in their mm -hmm. prayers thanking God that they weren't a woman or you know, mm -hmm. they weren't, you know, a, a non-Jew or a Gentile. Um, but yet them themselves, they themselves were considered to be, you know, at one point in time, an oppressed people, you know, even, you know, from, you know, coming out of Egypt, you know, they were under oppression. Um, and mm -hmm. then, you know, um, in the New Testament, you know, being under uh, the Roman, you know, thumb, mm -hmm. you know, and, and empirical uh, uh, oppression, you know, and, and that's mm -hmm. why they, you know, when G Jesus came on the scene and everybody, you know, was, was hailing him as the Messiah, they were looking for this, this, you know, yeah, knight in shining armor, you know, to come <laughs> riding in on his white horse and save them from the, from the Roman government and, and oppression. Uh, but Jesus didn't come in that form or fashion. But so for them themselves to be um, uh, an oppressed people, you know, and, and know what it's like to be a minority, um, it just it, it yeah blows my mind how you know um, 
in religion, I guess you can get to a place of just, um, of, you know, empire where, where you still think you're better, you know, than, you know, a certain group of people or, you know, or, or um, I said uh, gender. Um, but anyways, uh, this book um, highlights Jesus um, and just his, you know, his um, uh, identity as, as, you know, coming from an oppressed people, you know, minority group. Um, so therefore, you know, those of us who are, you know, of African-American descent can relate to him, to Jesus. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people don't think of him being, uh, uh, him and his family being immigrants. You know, when he was first born, you know, yeah. uh, you know, their family had to, you know, uproot and, and you know, run off to, to Egypt, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, he, they, they were immigrants as well. So he knows what it's like to be to be an immigrant. And so, you know, we can relate to Jesus. Uh, and uh, but then even in our related to him we have to follow his example all the way through um you know as uh disenfranchised or disinherited people um and see what his response was um you know which again you know the last chapter you know talks about uh love um and how you know he was on the cross you know dying for our sins and mm -hmm. while on that cross after being you know whipped and and beaten and um you know just uh beyond recognition um, you know, and hanging on his cross, he looks, you know, um, around and says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Um, and so for, you know, Jesus, you know, again, you know, uh, being able to relate to us, you know, um, uh, in our, you know, disenfranchisement and, and, you know, being disinherited, you know, uh, being an oppressed people, a minority people, um, you know, and then, you know, even being, um, uh, betrayed by his own people you know because you know it was his own people that said you know crucify him you know they, they had a chance oh, yeah. they had a chance to let to let him go you know before season they were like you know crucify him his own people you know gave him up uh because he wasn't who they thought he was going to be um uh but in all that you know he was and that's after he did all in miracles right too. right right yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 because he didn't come you know with the uh you know the uh you know the the reign and the rule that they Thought he was gonna come, chariots with, you know, and everything, chariots and overturn the, the Roman government. You know, uh, they neglected him, uh, but in all that, you know, he was still on the cross and saying, you know, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Um, and so, you know, just this book is 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 excellent. It's an excellent read. It's called again, it's called Jesus and the Disinherited by Howard Thurman, um, and it just yeah, it it, it sheds light on you know, um, you know, some of the history you know of a. Uh, of America, um, and you know, and and some of the non-Christian-like um, practices that that took place, you know, from from its founding, uh, but then um, turns it around and says we still have to come together and and be willing to reckon to be uh, willing to forgive and reconcile as Jesus uh, did. It's a good deal. Yeah, <laughs> that's one thing about our church. Though there's so much love in it, uh -huh. and I think if folks would really understand when you come together it's all about love yeah mm -hmm. yeah indeed you want to do shed talk? yeah i think we're ready for some shed talk since i had to change all my notes this morning <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna read from psalms psalms 10 verses 4 through 6 and 11 and i, and I got a couple more psalms in his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there was no room for God. In his ways are always prosperous. Your laws are rejected by him. 
He sneers at all his enemies. He says to himself, nothing will ever shake me. He swears no one will ever do me harm. And verse 11 says, he says to himself, God will never notice. He covers his face and never sees. Mm. I'm going to go over to Psalm 11, 4. I've been in Psalms. So, I mean, this stuff hit me hard the other day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes everyone on earth. His eyes examines them. And back over to Psalm 9, 9 and 10. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. So, my shed talk today is, when was your aha moment? Mine was last year. I mean, I always believed in Jesus. Mm -hmm. But I certainly wasn't living, you know, for him. You know, you know, sinning and seek or doing what pleased me, and you know, and God sees you in the secret. And you know, sometimes you get things that crash down on you, and you're like, and you turn to Him because because you believe, you know, God comes and comes and swoops in. You know, He never yeah. left you. You always believe, but you you almost forget you know you don't mm -hmm. think about it you don't put it you put it out of your mind but mm -hmm. god didn't leave you he always loves you and he uh, and he's even he's waiting for you with open arms and he wants that relationship with you and for me you got to let god be the center of your life and then you see the blessings flow yeah and i got it from if you listen to the last podcast one of the previous podcasts where i was talking about our it was on our friends podcast where we were talking about standing in the fire with your friends, you know. We, sometimes they need you to be in the fire with them. Mm -hmm. Well, the one I stood with, we were praying. He he actually, he always believed in Jesus, but he, he got a thirst and hunger for him again with the, the, his situation. So I went in there, we were praying, you know, both of us together praying on the same thing. And now everything's turning around. Wow. Everything's turning around. And it was just in a yes. short week week or two period everything's turning around for him so that's my shed talk for the power of prayer and god always sees what you're doing you may do things in secret but god always sees so that's what i always remind myself so if you have anything to add to that that's good <laughs> yeah uh that's that's so good um man we, i mean just to know that we have a god who um sees everything we're going through um and shows up for us um right when we need it the most um and uh even I, when you haven't been faithful right even when you haven't been faithful you know um god is still uh thinking about us and he's faithful uh towards us and then even in you know just you know tying it into you know what we've been talking about um in regards to uh um you know Juneteenth and and you know the the spirit behind it and uh, as far as the deliberation and and the freedom of, of all people um, here in um, the United States um, and uh, you know just thinking about how um, we as African Americans you know in our in our introduction to Christianity um, and the church um, and first learning how to read the Bible uh, there was something that that lit up in us 
um, uh, and illuminated to us when we began to read the accounts of um, the the uh, the Hebrews and the Israelite people um, in bondage in Egypt, and how it says that you know God you know heard their cries, you know He heard He heard their cries and and, and the oppression of of of, of uh, His people, um, and that's when He began to raise up Moses. Um, you know, to say, you know, go to Pharaoh and, you know, tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And so, um, yeah, God is, he, he's always there. He sees, you know, all things and, and, uh, and he's for us and they're there to, uh, to deliver us, uh, who we need the most. And I, I just want to throw another movie out. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it kind of works with, it's called Emancipation. It's got mm -hmm. Will Smith in it. I don't yeah. know if you've seen it. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. It's Civil War time. Right. So, yeah. I recommend that if you want to watch it. Uh, I mean, it it was a really good movie. I got, I'm not a big Will Smith fan, but <laughs> that was that was a good good movie and good history lesson, too, as well. Yeah. What we've gone through, what the black population had to go through back then and right. everything, and is it was pretty powerful. So, ready to pray us out, Nisi? Would you want to pray us out? Teresa has really powerful prayers. <laughs> if not, I got one. I got one. You go ahead. <laughs> I have to write them down. I got to have my glasses now. <laughs> Lord, thank you for this time together, our thoughts and share. We ask that you that our listeners embrace their freedom in Jesus and help us to be the light in this world while we impact the city for Jesus. Yes. <clears throat> Bringing all nations together as one. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Until next time. We'll see you next week.